Welcome to the show, everybody. Our guest, Dina Han, is best known as a transformational coach, a very sought-after public speaker, and an author and an entrepreneur. And yeah, Dina's just a, she's an awesome person. Um, we get along extremely well. And yeah, she's she's an incredible, incredible counselor. And even in our um, our meeting call before the podcast, it was supposed to be like, 30 minutes ended up being an hour and she ended up giving me like free coaching and stuff and just helping me through some things in my life. And in this podcast, we uh, dove into Dina's transformation because she came from being very depressed, overworked. She was running. She was like a teacher. Um, she was running, I think, one or two companies. She was doing all of these things. And as she discusses, because she was trying to prove that she was lovable to essentially herself. Um, and then she got into a really severe car crash, which led her on a journey of self-realization and spiritual awakening, which actually led her to the Amazon rainforest where she met six extraordinary shamans who changed her life and have really led her to become the person she is today. And yeah, this was an awesome conversation. And a couple of the other things we dove into <clears throat> was numerology and its effect on our life path and why some people go on to do remarkable things. Um, this is kind of connected to numerology, but we take it in another, another direction as well. We also discuss how our personalities and youth are a blueprint for who we become because actually Dina and I came from very similar backgrounds and it was just interesting hearing both of us talk about our lives because there's a lot of overlap. Um, we also discuss how to ride the natural emotional highs and lows we all go through and how to essentially, when we do go through these natural emotional ebbs and flows, how to not, how to not, how to not make that become a catalyst for a downward spiral. And I think Dean is someone who's very much, I don't know if anyone's mastered that, but she's come very close. And lastly, we discuss how relationships always fracture when one party evolves quicker than another, or if just one party evolves and the other doesn't, how that tends to put this enormous amount of pressure on relationships. And I'm sure we've all been on one or both sides of this. So yeah, this, this was a fascinating one, and I hope you all enjoy it. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank our first sponsor of the show, Listening to Smile, and its founder and personal friend of mine, Ian Morris. Listening to Smile is one of the companies leading the movement to bring frequency-minded music to the mainstream. And for anyone who doesn't know, frequency-minded music is music that is infused with binaural beats and frequencies that enhance and speed up our body's natural healing mechanisms. And Ian's music is actively healing the world and is currently inspiring open-minded leaders in Silicon Valley to include his music in their products and to help them create a workplace culture that is focused on mental health and well-being. And I personally use Listening to Smile's products every single day to support me with stress relief and is my music of choice for my daily meditation practice. And Listening to Smile has two main programs. The first is their personal wellness program, and this is for personal use, and this consists of healing albums for stress relief, pain relief, and anxiety relief. And the second program is their affiliate program. This is what I'm currently part of, and this is for commercial use, and this is the exciting one. 
So what you get with this is two free starter albums and one brand new album every single month. You also get access to monthly live coaching events with founder Ian Morris and commission earnings on album sales, a 50% discount on all music purchases, and licensing licensing rights to use and resell LTS music for commercial use. So... If you're interested in transforming your life and entering the expanding frontier of frequency-minded music, be sure to go to www.listeningtosmile.com and experience it for yourself. And at checkout, make sure to use code ANTON to get 40% off all albums and $100 off of their affiliate program. So enjoy, everyone. I also want to take a moment to thank our second sponsor of the show, Vidara, and their My Indigo Sun magazine. The mission of My Indigo Sun is to help you live a healthy and inspired life and is dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest information related to the realms of the body, mind, and spirit. And I actually met the founder, Katerina, um, at an event earlier this year. And within five minutes, it was very clear that we were aligned and that we were going to be doing a partnership. And like myself and many of you, the people of Vidara are dreamers who see that the beautiful world we see ahead of us starts with us. So in addition to being their in-house podcaster, I'm also part of the working group helping my Indigo son to transition into a world-class publication. So if you are interested in transforming your life and taking part in an evolving spiritual community, be sure to go to www.myindigosun.com and check out the magazine for free. And now on to our podcast with Dina Han. Welcome to the show, everybody. Our guest, Dina Han, is best known as a transformational coach, a sought-after public speaker, an author, and an educator and a mentor. And as she often says in her bio, she's not limited to any of these. She is so much more. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited. So Dina, welcome to the show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be, be here. Awesome. And now, so... This is the this is the reason I brought you on. So when I came across your uh, profile, you had this incredible story about going into the Amazon and being brought in by, I think it was like shaman or tribes or whatever. But if you could please share with myself and everybody just the story of your life in general and start as early as you'd like. But how has your life led you to the person you are today? I'm thankful for the dark and the light because the dark became the light for me, actually. And going to the Amazon jungle was a gift from my ex-husband, actually, because Mm. he saw me just disappearing in so many ways with all the pills that I had to take from the car accident and from the great depression that I was into. So when I went there, I was truly lost. I felt like I was no longer a teacher, a mother, a wife, or anything, and I was spiraling down. The pills I took were in a a jar about that big. They looked like jelly beans. They numbed me to my life, and they depressed me. And what I mean by that is what was going on inside me in my subconscious. The medical field was just basically treating my symptoms. It wasn't getting at the root of the problem. So through um, my trip to the Amazon jungle, I was able to go deeper 
into who I was. And I believe we all truly need to know the who am I piece in life. And I really got that. And through that, that journey, um, I was told that I was a goddess and I looked at these people like they were crazy. Me, a goddess? I had <laughs> no confidence in myself, especially after all the things I'm telling you that I was going through. But the truth is we are all goddess if we follow our inner compass. We're God inside. And everything that we do will bring light to us if we're able to forgive ourselves for sometimes what I'll call our perfectly imper imperfections. And we all have them. So when we meet people and things happen and we struggle, that sometimes we can spiral down. But when you believe in the universe and the universe got your back, truly, you can spiral up and you can elevate yourself. And I call it being a human vibrator. And it sounds crazy, but that was my tagline in front of over 40,000 women <laughs> a few years ago. And truly, we need to vibrate higher with our energy and believing in ourselves. And by going to the Amazon jungle, I learned to do that. I learned through my compass to have compassion for myself and for others as well. And to be able to learn to balance that in my life. And I called that my goddess compass. And I even wrote a book called The Goddess Compass because it's my transformational journey, which was an inner journey. Mm. I've been all around the world, but the best vacation I ever had was the inner journey. It truly was. I had to unpack a lot of things and then I had to pack up things and leave things behind. And I mean that in a mental way. And physically, I became stronger for it. And to this day, I take absolutely no medication. I was depressed. I had an airline fracture from a car accident in my vertebra. Ooh. I walk with a cane for eight months. And my life fell apart. I broke apart. But when you break apart, it's like you lit the light in. You really can let the light in and those cracks become healed. And I really feel that's what happened. So now, like I was saying to this beautiful human being here that's hosting this show, the universe got my back. And when things happen for me, I always ask the universe, what's the message? And sometimes I don't get the answer right away, but mm. I process deeper and I go into that inner journey and it teaches me so many life lessons. So I calm myself down that way. That's just a little bit. I don't know if you want to ask me any questions, but that's just that's just the Cole's notes version of Yeah. Me. Yeah, definitely. I was um Yeah, how how old were you when when this car accident happened and then when you went to the Amazon? Oh my goodness. Math, math's not one of my biggest skills, <laughs> but the accident happened about the same time uh, that my father passed away. And that mm. was 2008. Mm. So it happens, uh, you know, shortly after my dad passed away. But again, when I look back at that, that was the universe telling me to slow down. I was a full-time teacher, full-time mother. 
I was also running another business on the side, working on my master's in teaching and learning. Wow. I think the car accident and running a beautiful business. I had an Icelandic high-end clothing store on top of that. Like how much Jeez. do you need to do to create an identity of happiness? Happiness is an inside journey. All of those things now are just, just a part of who I am. Wow. Mm. And, and so I know I had too much on the plate and smack yeah. like that. The universe told me to take a break, get mm. it together. Wow. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about that. And, and I'm, I think I'm sometimes often actually blown away by, you know, the thought leaders or the mentors in the world, you know, the Tony Robbins, the, mm -hmm. these people that achieve something great, um, out of time of their life could be early, could be late. And it's like, I think a lot of the time, you know, we come across them when they've made it, you know, we, we don't see the car accident. We don't see the depression. We don't see the, the breakup of a marriage. We only see Tony Robbins when he's Tony Robbins. You know, we never saw, you know, with all these people. And I think, um, yeah, I think sometimes we can think that people, like some people are just, you know, special. And, and, and I think, you know, to a degree, some people are born, come into this world with a numerology and an astrology profile that is in some sense destined for a kind of greatness, a larger than life greatness, a greatness that will touch millions of people. And other people come in the world to have a greatness that touches five, their family. Yes. Or, mm -hmm. and, and I think there's these different levels of it. And I know with me, I've... Uh, I've, I've struggled, like I'm 27 right now and, I, and I've struggled my entire life up until probably four months ago, um, trying to figure out like if I was special, because for me, I was expelled twice growing up. I was suspended probably 20 to 26 times. Um, I had a very, over, like extremely critical father, abusive household, yelling, screaming, uh, some physical stuff, but mostly emotional abuse in a big way. And then, you know, losing all my friends in grade nine. And and it's like my whole life. And what's interesting is when I look at my numerology profile, I'm an 11, uh, which is all about leadership and confidence. And so it's, it's interesting. And like when I looked into and researched numerology, apparently what those numbers are <clears throat> is every number stands for some path in life. And so for mine was, you know, leadership and confidence, right? And then actually, because I'm an 11, um, it comes together and it creates a two, which is all about cooperation. So it's, right. it's, it's a two formed by two ones, which is double leadership and confidence. And when I researched it, it was like people that have an 11. And actually, I think Tony Robbins also has an 11 and um, Bill Clinton, oddly enough. Um, but when I looked at it, it said that people that have... Whatever that number symbolizes, the person who carries that number goes through usually the first half of their life 
having a deficit of what whatever that is. So most people come into the world with an average level of leadership and confidence. They they get along with people. They can they they take part in groups no problem. They can step into leadership positions kind of ebbing and flowing, nothing radically over, but they, they, it's natural, right? And then me, on the other hand, I was so broken down when I was a kid where I had zero confidence. I, you know, literally, wow. up, literally up until six months ago, I told myself a story for a survival reason that I don't like leading because I don't like telling other people how they should live their lives because I don't like other people telling me to, how to live my life. And while that's still a fundamental um, thing about me is I, I do my best to allow other people to be fully themselves. And even I've sometimes like also because of that lack of a boundary um, when I was growing up, that lack of self-esteem, that being crushed down to nothing and just like, you're not good enough. You need to be this. You need to be that. Who you like fundamentally, like the, the thing was like, who you are is not who you should be. I was too sensitive. I was too emotional. Um, I was, you know, literally all of these things. And, and so it was like, it was always, I'm surprised I even got where I am today because it was always like, who you are is not who you should be. And something in me kept me fighting along. Like, and there's also a rebellious part of me. There's always a part of me, again, to get expelled twice and get suspended 20 to 26 times. There's a level of an element of you can't tell me who I'm supposed to be. And it did kind of crush me, especially because all of these things happened before uh, grade five. Grade oh. five, my mom tells me, she's like, grade five, life finally crushed you. Like, you know, you stopped rebelling. You stopped getting expelled. You stopped getting suspended. And from the outside, that would look like, oh, great. He's not getting expelled and suspended. But on a deeper, on a much deeper level, it's like another way you can look at that is he gave up. Like he stopped trying to be himself. He, like it was too painful for to get expelled and have his dad come in or suspended and his dad just like ream him down. You know what I mean? Repeatedly just slashing at the knees over and over. And so finally I just gave in. And oddly enough, I came in this world highly rebellious, critical thinking, always asking why. Like again, a massive challenge for me was my mom says like I would – I would always ask why. So if I get an answer, I would, why is that? Well, because of this. Well, why is that? Because like, and, and it was essentially how I perceive it now is there was a consciousness thread in me that in some sense, I was a philosopher with a brain that couldn't do philosophy. Because again, what, what five-year-old can start asking questions about Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla. So what is a philosopher early in life before they have the worldly understanding to know what the world is around them? They end up just asking why all the time. When someone says something, there's why, why, why? Because that is the spiritualist. That is the philosopher. That is the psychologist is the person that wants to know well, what is above that? What's above that? What's above that? What, and really, it's almost, you know, some atheists go down this track, but I think it's always like this kind of question of like, what is the universe? I think that when you ask why so many times, you end up just getting higher and higher and higher. And then you get to a point where, okay, you ask questions about human nature. 
And then you go, hi, okay, well, why are humans like that? Then you get into the spiritual because psychology can tell you in some sense, this is just my belief of it. Psychology, the limit of psychology is the, is the, is the human being. And then as soon as like you almost get through the human being, you almost get into sociology. And then it's about how groups of human, because we're not in a vacuum. So it's like the limit of psychology is understanding the individual in a vacuum. Um, obviously, that's not all of it. But in some degree, it's a very individualistic view of the human being in, in my experience. And then when you get above that, you get into sociology, which is it's not just an individual. We're part of a collective and we're part of a society. Right. And, and, we're, and even you get deeper than that and this hive mind of spirituality, Carl Jung, the collective unconscious – and you get into these, like, again, everything, when you start to ask more and more and more questions, you can't help but getting more esoteric because you realize that then you get into beyond sociology is that we're all linked from a consciousness level. And then you ask, OK, well, what about genetic memory? What about epigenetics? What about generational trauma? And then you get into, when you get into generational trauma, it's like, okay, where is that stored? Is that stored in the body? Is that stored outside of the body? And then, you know, another one of my questions was always out-of-body experiences. If you can die and then you can have an experience of an out-of-body experience and retain that memory when you are resuscitated and you can tell the doctor, because this actually happened to a friend of mine, um, he was clinically dead. And when he was dead, the doctors were having a conversation. He comes back in his body and he tells the doctors the conversation they're having when he was dead. And then the question is, okay, well, if you can store a memory when the part of your brain that usually articulates and processes experiences and stores memories, if that thing is offline but you can still have access to the memory. What does that say about memory? What does that say about experiences? Where are they stored? And then you get into the the field. And I know I'm really getting passionate yeah, here. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. Right? That's where it goes, right? The universe. <laughs> so everything that happens to you, I believe, makes you who you are. That's why we need to accept the dark and the light that makes us. We're all beautiful mosaics, so we got to learn to love every part of us and learn to live through that. And through that transformation, we can find that peace, love, and joy within ourselves to be able to share in our oneness. And I really like how you mentioned Tony Robbins, because I trained Jane Jewell, who was one of the founders when Tony Robbins first started out. She's the female version. And I also like that you mentioned life's purpose. That's Daniel Goleman's. That, that's a formula, right? Uh, your life's purpose is based on the formula. You mentioned the, the 11 is the two. So I remember doing that and figuring <laughs> out I am meant to do this too. You know, this is a part of my journey to coach and help people through my experience. And nobody can do it exactly like me. But I know that I've listened to my heart and when you take the word heart and you look at the word earth, it's the same letters. We are all one. We're one heart. We're one earth. So we're all connected. So when I, I, I talk about that vibration as well. So my energy and my vibration connected me to you on this podcast. And it mm. looks like we've had similar journeys. <laughs> I had no confidence as a kid. 
my gosh, it was unreal. I was the little girl that was scared to open her mouth and even give herself a compliment, alone mm. speak up for myself if I was doing something that someone thought was wrong. And the thinking about outside the box part, I always beat a different drum. I always <laughs> traveled a road less traveled. I think that's Scott Pick, the book. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But the inner journey was being the loner and trying to figure it out. And I question everything. And philosophy is your thoughts, right? Yeah. So you, if you question your thoughts <laughs> and everybody's telling you what to do and what to say and what to think, how can you love yourself like that if everybody is you know, scrambling and <sighs> trying to make you something that you don't want to be? you got to find your own way. Once you find your own way, that's how you become confident. Really mm. believe that with all my heart and soul. Yeah. And and, and I, I'd actually love to get into this with you. Um, what was little Dina like? You know, like, because this is my hypothesis is that I feel like who we are when we come into the world is like, it's a pure version of who we become. It's like without the conditioning, it's like obviously we become more intelligent, we become more knowledgeable and wise, but it's like the core energy I feel is very similar to when we come in the world. So for you, what was little Dina like in the first, you know, take us through Dina the first 10 the years. Dina was the curious Georgina. You've heard of the curious George, I was the curious <laughs> Georgina. You know, I always had to experiment and figure things out on my own. I was an avid reader. I loved books like Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys yeah. and <laughs> the Bobsy Twins and all of those books. They were so addicted. And that was my escape from reality. It was such a fantasy world. And I'm still a dreamer and my dreams have come alive. I mean, I looked at my journal that I wrote when I was in the Amazon oh, wow. and everything in my journal have come true. Wow. And it didn't come on the... The calendar, like this is going to happen at a certain day. It happened. Oh my gosh, I've done that. I've done this. And I'm so grateful that I believe in that stuff because now there's living proof, you know, that your dreams can really come alive when you believe enough. Yeah. Mm. So Dina was a, a very to herself. Like I, I did have friends, but I was very shy. I didn't pick up for myself. I would even go so far as to say I was the doormat for many people. Mm. No more. Yeah. Yeah. There was times I just didn't want to rock the boat and oh, I have no problem rocking the boat now, <laughs> but I do it with a gentle rock with peace and love and joy. And I park my ego because I really believe that everybody has value just like I do. I'm no better than anybody else, but I'm no worse so when I have a conversation or interaction mm. with them, I'll try to, you know, cultivate as much compassion as I can. And how can I meet my needs and align with someone else's needs at the same time, right? So I didn't know those skills when I was younger. And I, I spiraled down in many ways. And I think that's why I, I got depressed despite some very traumatic things happened to me. I did get sick, you know, in many ways. So I found my way and I'm not going back to that darkness. I took that darkness and I made it light and I'll continue to put more light out there with my high vibration. 
Mm-hmm. Very and I'm beautiful. still a dreamer and I'll never stop dreaming. Yeah, me too. I, I, I still, I read, I read fiction for an hour before bed still every night. That's still part of what I do is just, again, like you said, getting lost in fantasy worlds and stuff. And, yeah. You know, w- one question I have uh, for you, uh, because this is something I'm still figuring out, because um, I still go through emotional fluctuations quite, mm-hmm. quite often. And I'm curious when you say like, you know, you came from darkness and now you've made it light and you won't go back into the darkness, if I'm paraphrasing correctly. Um, mm-hmm. How do you view the natural ebb and flow of your emotional state and the possible ebb and flow of darkness and light in order to go through a period of darkness to better appreciate the light and get a contrast and an empathy for the different aspects of life itself. How do you view that? Um, I view that in a number of ways. So you're asking me, how do I use my ebb and flow now and how that connects to my emotions or the reverse? I just need to make, make that clear. Yeah. The, the the prior, it's like a dichotomy in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, I, I guess to specifically ask my question is like, I kind of, I, I have a belief in some sense, and it is a belief is something I've chosen to believe that life takes us up and it takes us down in a way to uh, like understand life in some sense. Um, because if all you are is, is happy and blissed out all the time, I feel in some sense, this is just, you know, again, I could be wrong here, but I feel like you'd, you lose the ability possibly to appreciate the, the dark. I I feel like almost dark and light are, you know, two sides of of a whole, like, Mm -hmm. you know, yin and yang. It's, It's almost like, Again, it's like, you know, the yin-yang symbol is like the black and the white. And there's a black within the white and there's a white within the black. And so, you know, someone like you, like I'm very inspired by the fact that you have found a way to be sustainably happy, content and joyful in your life. And I'm wondering, do you ever go through periods of, I don't know, low depression, darkness? Absolutely. I am human, but my spirit elevates me. Oh, my God. Goodness, I'm so glad you asked that question. Happiness is a state of mind, but it's not steady like anything mm. in life. Like we're constantly changing. Change is the only thing is constant. So, so are the emotions that are emotional, you know, they move with you. So regarding the ebb and flow, my goodness, I've had dips. And But what I like is all the personal development that I've done. I don't stay in the suffering and the darkness very often because I've done enough of it. I don't want to go back there. And I'm going to add something onto that. I call it my little, um, little spectrum. There's love on this side and there's fear on this side. When you have fear, you sometimes get caught in the dark and you don't know that you're enough. But when you love yourself and you love other people, you're able to balance it on that spectrum and get it right and align it. And I really feel that's what helps me stay afloat 
and get over any of what I call my dark emotions, the ones that I accept because I really believe every emotion is valid. Mm. But with the ebb and flow, my goodness, that's life. There's ups and downs. And like you said, you wouldn't appreciate the love and the joy and the peace if you didn't experience the darkness so deeply. So I feel now my love is so deep and so intense and so powerful and the vibration is so high is because I went from the lowest to the low. I was mm. literally in bed for days suffering. I mm. didn't have any value for food. My heart was broken in so many ways. Like my life was just drifting away. Now I know how valuable I am and I'm on this purpose. I'm on this planet to spread love and hope and faith and joy for anybody who's suffering. And that's anybody with sickness of a mental sort or a physical sort, you know, uh, and people whose spirit is just dimmed so much because of trauma in their life. I've experienced it all, you know, so, and I always say to my clients when I coach, God, do not create junk. And he never started with you. And that brings me back. And I realize sometimes there's some junky things that can happen. But when they happen, it's just like, what is the lesson from the universe? And how can I throw that junk away, shut it in a drawer, get rid of it, and learn the lesson from it? And break the pattern and break the cycle that gets me to the darkness. So yes, I still experience darkness. We all do. That's life. There's dark and light. Look at our 24-hour days. Yeah. Not in every part of the universe, but there's <laughs> light and dark everywhere. It's light and dark in our life, but that's what makes us appreciate the light even more, isn't it? And go towards it instead of the dark. I always go towards the light any way I can. I might stumble and fall at times because we do that in the dark, don't we? Because we can't see. But truly... My eyes are awakened to always go towards the light as much as I can. Hmm. I hear you. Hmm. So what I get from that is that, you know, all human beings um, go through these fluctuations of emotion. Sometimes you, you wake up with just a feeling for whatever reason. And from what I gathered from what you were saying is that so much of the suffering is us being terrified of that feeling and us beating ourselves up. Why are we feeling this way? I shouldn't be feeling this way. Then you hear your father, your mother in your ear saying, you're feeling this way because you're not good enough. And then really it's like the suffering is the initial thing, but then what catalyzes it and becomes suffering is all the stories and things you're telling yourself. And in essentially, like you're trying to run away from it. And trying to run away from the feeling is what causes anxiety. Yeah. And then when you That's feel, fear, you get caught it? in this anxiety fear loop and it just spirals. So what I gathered from what you said is just like, okay, like things happen. I, I feel a certain way and I meet it with love. I accept it and I go, yeah, this is a feeling. I'm going to feel this right now. I'm not, I'm, I appreciate myself and I love myself enough that no matter what happens in my body, in my mind, in my emotional state, I'm going to love and accept because this is a part of me and I love myself. And then very quickly that alchemizes that feeling and you just let it pass like a, 
you know, like a cloud and it might be there for four. And maybe also, you know, something I sometimes think about is that, you know, maybe just like we have these like circadian rhythms during the day, we have mm-hmm. our, our waking, our sleep cycle, melatonin production at night and yeah. cortisol in the morning. You know, maybe sometimes, maybe if you wake up feeling a certain way, maybe that's literally like your body saying, don't go to the gym today, relax, read a book or meditate. And, but what we want to do is we want to go, well, no, I go to the gym every single morning at 1030 AM. And if I feel bad at 1030, I'm still going to go to the gym. Your body's like, it's not like that. You, You can't just, you know, light, as you said, life changes and you're trying to put a routine, a fixed, unchanging routine on life's natural cycles. And then you wonder why you get pissed off, anxious, or you spiral when you're like, you're denying your own physical reality, emotional reality, and and just reality. You're just denying what is in the moment and you're demanding that it change. And then you're blaming yourself for why you can't be perfect and why why am I feeling this way right now? And it's like, it's just, maybe you're supposed to just drink hot, like uh, hot cocoa or something. Like maybe it's <laughs> rainy and, you know, the sun's not giving you that almost boost of endorphins or feel-good chemical that yeah. would usually allow you to go for your extroverted step into the world. Maybe today is an inwards day. Maybe it's a work-in day, not a work-out day. And, exactly. Yeah, that's and what that's I gathered great. from And that's that. your introverted side too. Like, you know, we're all extroverts mm. and introverts and balancing that is hard sometimes in life. Some people say, I'm so introverted. I don't want to go outside. But the truth is we're all social creatures and we do need to connect with people in our collectivity. But again, there's times you just need to do that self-compassionate inner journey rather than go outside. So that's the ebb and flow part too in the yin and yang. Mm. There's the inside of you where your light is and you got to get your light bright or there's no point going out because you're going to be parking your ego on everybody's (laughs) front step, you know, and you don't want to do that. You want to go out and let go of that ego and just go and return to love and everything that you're doing. So I say, okay, going to the gym. If you're going there, you're not going to be in a great mood if you're not feeling well, right? So what are you going to bring in the front door? You're going to bring in your ego. I'm here. I'm trying to make my body in good shape. And I need to do this to get my mind all right. You're better off rejuvenating yourself with your gifts that you were born with. I believe that. Mm, I hear you. And um, I also want to go back to something you mentioned because I found this very interesting. I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day. But you mentioned um, God, if I recall correctly, you mentioned God and you mentioned he. Um, Now, obviously, that's a very (laughs) one way to look at is that is a very religious way of looking at it. Um, And I'm not saying and and I'm going to add on to this Mm because from from my perspective, in some sense, uh, God, the universe, how we perceive it is how we need to perceive it in the moment. So sometimes, especially channels, I feel will have this where sometimes God comes as a man or like a masculine energy. Sometimes God comes yeah. as a feminine energy. And like I, I've had channeled experiences. I've had psychic experiences myself. And I've had one where it was clearly a masculine energy. 
And so I'm, I'm curious with you, how do you perceive God, the universe, and how do you see, perceive that in terms of masculine, feminine, or even something beyond even those two polarities? Thank you for that question as well. And I've pondered that one a lot, but I'll always say God is compass. So obviously I connect to the female version of it too. Mm. But I say he, because that's the traditional thing that I've been taught all my life. <laughs> but I really don't know, you know, if this will resonate with you or not. But I believe we are all God's children. I really believe that. And we have energies inside of us that are masculine and feminine. And we all have certain amounts. And that's what makes us all very unique. Mm. So the goddess and the god live inside of us. There's no clear, you know, female or, or male version of God. We are all God's children. And we're all uniquely made. And our journey has made us all unique as well. And we were born unique. So... That's part of it. And I believe all the lessons that we learn in our life, if we go towards the light, I think we become a mirror of God or God's children. If we go towards the light, if we don't go towards the light or we stumble in the dark and stay there for too long, then we lose our our God will, you know, our, our mm. God light, our God love, because we know that we were all created out of love, right? And we are mm. co-creators as well. So I'm spiraling a little bit around your answer <laughs> because it's a tough one. Yeah. But I really believe a big part towards going for the light for me is two big things. One is gratitude for everything that I've had and everything that I've been through. And I mean the dark things that brought me here, the things that I suffered through, because that's how I learned to really appreciate the light and I don't want to suffer anymore. Hmm. And not only the gratitude part, but another part that is really strong in me is also the fact that I am, I am the light. And by learning to forgive people, I bring light to them. And I lighten their burdens and I lighten my own burden. And that's a form of freedom for me. Mm. And I always say, if I ever met God someday, because we all hope to meet him or her, if he ever asked me a question, uh, if I ever said to him, sorry, my goodness, I'm so sorry for what I did five years ago. What are you talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> so that is my philosophy. And if we do that, and live our lives and not hold grudges for people, but take the lessons learned and let it go. It's in the past. Yesterday's not on the calendar. Neither are you. Neither is the situation you've learned from, from it. You can break that pattern. Then your light shines so much more brighter when you do that. And that's where the peace and the love and joy on earth, you know, can grow. Mm. And we can cultivate that through compassion as well. So... That's how I look at God or <laughs> goddess. I, I, I feel that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, I've been thinking about this uh, forgiveness a, a, a lot lately. Um, 
because even even just yesterday, um, I had a, a tough a tough. I have obviously just like any everybody some tough relationships in my life, a lot of time with family members, and um, mm-hmm. and I could feel some resentment uh, coming up with this person uh, towards me, and so I asked them yesterday. I was like, hey, um, I feel like you know I feel some possible resentment uh, coming up. Um, like, how are you feeling about our relationship? And, uh, <laughs> and they just like, yeah, vi- viciously, uh, I don't want to say attacked me, but they just, yeah, they're just saying all the things that they don't appreciate about me and don't value about me and that I'm mm-hmm. self selfish and I don't care about anyone and all these things and, uh, bring up some things I did like, you know, years ago and, and, um, and, and these things and, and it, it was it was tough. It was it was tough to just stand there and look them in the eyes and go like after I think I, I think they were talking for like fifteen minutes, just like stream of conscious all the things that they highly disliked about me. And um and then at the end it was like I think one of the final statements, I, I don't remember it completely, but essentially it was like in like yeah, it was it was almost like you know, you, you need to see this, like, you know, you need to see that you're selfish and all these things. Um, and then I was just like, I took a deep breath and I was just like, yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. Um, and then, and then I asked them like, you know, would you like to hear my perspective about some of these things and, um, my side of these events that we both been, been part of? And they like reluctantly, they're like, oh, okay. And so I, I, I went through it and, and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily like saying they were wrong. I was just saying like, you know, I'm a human being too. And, and a lot of these things that maybe I, I do, you know, I'm usually in a fear state. I'm usually afraid. I'm usually hurt. Um, and I don't, if I do anything to, to hurt you, it's like, it's not, I'm not trying to do this. I'm not trying to hurt you. Is is I'm I'm hurting. You know, I have trauma. I have wounds from my childhood um, that get triggered sometimes. Um, and it was it was an interesting thing because after we had that conversation, we like hugged it out, and, and it was very nice. Um, and then I went for a walk for an hour and a half, I think. And I was realizing that all of these examples of things that hurt, or maybe things I've done 10 years ago, five years ago, a few months ago, when I looked at these things, I realized that they don't hurt because they are blaming me and they are making me hurt. They hurt because I haven't forgiven myself. There's still a part of me that yeah it's partly a shame and it's like it's not like they're bringing something up and creating a pain and handing it to me it's like there's already a pain in me or shame or guilt or something and they are just you know reminding me of something i possess and really where the the hurt is is like i'm like please don't remind me of this thing because i haven't dealt with it and I think a lot of the time, because we don't realize, or at least I don't realize, that the th- the, the weapons other people use to stab me is not their mm-hmm. weapon. It's my own weapon, and they're using it. 
and they're bringing it up and I'm stabbing myself with my own weapon. And so like, I kind of, there was one of the things, um, that, yeah, I reflected on yesterday and I was like, okay, like I need to forgive myself for doing this thing. Um, because it really hurts when other people bring it up and it makes me, it makes me very difficult to move on with my life because it's, it's hard sometimes to, you know, I, I sincerely believe I'm here. I sincerely believe I have a lot of love in my heart and I'm here to, to love people, love myself and bring light to the world. And I do what I can to be in integrity, to be, to be authentic, uh, to be loving and kind. And it sometimes like keeps me up at night. These, these things that I've done or these things in my personality that are at odds with the very values I want to step into. And in some sense, I feel like I can't step into these higher values when I still possess this guilt and the shame of things I've done in the past. And so what I did is, you know, I, I went through it yesterday on my walk and I, you know, forgave myself for a mm, couple of these right. things so that I can finally be the person I want to be without feeling like, cause I think in some sense it's natural to want to step into something greater and feel like you're a fraud because of something you've done because yeah. in some sense you not saying you should feel like a fraud but in some sense you should feel like a fraud because you still have that and you haven't forgiven yourself and it's up to you to forgive yourself so that you no longer need to feel like a fraud it's almost like a choice right. it's like you know okay you still haven't looked at this you've you've repressed this and because you've repressed it it hurt. it's like when someone brings it up, it's like they're tearing the thing that you've repressed right back up. And you're like, no, 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 I, I've tried to put that away. I don't want to see that. Don't remind me of it. And it's like life is constantly presenting you your repressed emotions and your repressed mm -hmm. feelings. So it's like, you don't need this anymore. Like we're not bringing this, we're not making you face this to hurt you or to crucify you. We're bringing this up so you can finally let it go so you can become who you want to be. Because the thing holding you back from that is the guilt and the shame of you unable to forgive yourself for something you've done in the past, you know? Exactly. So forgiveness unlocks your potential, right? Mm. And you have to be that soul without shame. We've all made mistakes in life. We've all erred. But as long as we've grown from them, that's what's most essential. That's mm. our essence, you know? Um, yeah. regarding the conversation that you had with them yesterday, what I would say as I'm talking to them under my breath is I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Are you familiar with the Ho'oponopono prayer? No. Are anybody? Yeah, you are? No, no, not. Oh my gosh. It's the most powerful <laughs> thing. I have it on my door upstairs and I use it in my coaching as well. And I think it's very important here. Because I say yesterday is not on the calendar and neither are we, neither is the situation. But what I say is not to anybody in particular. Again, it's to the universe. It's I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. I'm sorry. So I'm saying that to start a new day because yesterday is not on the calendar. I'm not mm. saying it to my loved ones in particular. But under my breath, if there's been an interaction in the past, I'm saying it to everybody. 
Because mm. guess what? That's a very important prayer that starts you with a blank slate moving forward. You have grown in so many ways, Anton, from the things in the past. That's called growing pains, you know, at times. And you can be a pain to others and you experience <laughs> that pain too, right? Yeah. So it comes together in that opponal prayer. I really believe that. So we have to be that soul without shame. And the other part I'd like to say is when you forgive, you do unlock your p potential, but you also leave room in your heart for something more beautiful, more love in your heart when you forgive. You, you have space in your heart because your heart is expanding, it's opening. But when you don't forgive, it's like you've got your heart locked up like that, you know, and that's mm. not good energy. So you want to raise that energy by opening your heart, by forgiving yourself and forgiving others. I truly believe that's how we un unlock our full potential. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Oh, man, I definitely want to step into that. I, uh... so Byron Brown, uh, Soul Without Shame is a good book. I highly recommend here. It will make you crystal clear how important it is to forgive and to be that soul without shame. Mm. Because nobody came in this world with a manual or a woe manual or whatever. <laughs> and we will grow together. And the togetherness is the important part with the one heart, one earth. And with our loved ones like family and relationships, the forgiveness is essential. Mm. God, forgive yourself we all make mistakes and if you don't think you made a mistake you're caught too much in your ego and you will never find a lasting love mm. <laughs> yeah i yeah i, I i'm I, i'm really excited about my future like i i feel like i'm going through a lot of stuff right now in my in my mm. 20s to yeah to to allow something really beautiful in like I've talked to some, you know, Vedic astrologers and astrologers have had consultations and readings. I'm into and, that too. Wow. Yeah, Vedic I, astrology. I, it's so cool. I, I it's love really it. complicated, but I'm getting there. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've talked to psychics and um, I'm like, yeah, I some someone, a Vedic astrologer told me like, I'm going through my Saturn returns very soon. Wow. Start, starting next month is when my Saturn return starts. And she's like, it's going to be very, very powerful for you because it's going to transform. And she, she even told me, she's like, a lot of change. Yeah. She's like, I, I don't recommend getting in a long-term relationship until you're 32. Cause she's like, mm -hmm. you have this period where you're going to be rapidly evolving and changing. And she's mm -hmm. like, either you got to find, you either have to kind of allow yourself to be free to flow and evolve and change without, in some sense, a great partner won't chain you and a great partner won't keep you in a box. Um, but a lot of people are caught up in the traumas. And a lot of people will subconsciously want you to be something they understand. And when I'm shifting and evolving so rapidly, either it's best to be by myself or be find someone who can truly be on that path with me and evolve with me and not, yeah, not chain me and be like, hey, Anton is evolving. Unlock you. Yeah, because he might be different in a year than he is mm -hmm. now. He might be a very much 
different and evolved person from the person I fell in love with. And sometimes when, when one party changes so much and another party stays the same or changes at a lesser rate, it causes this friction because they're, the vibration is different now. You know, In some sense, Absolutely. they become out of alignment and it's, it's painful when that happens because you don't try to leave that person behind. You don't try to push them away, but it's like the very nature of you evolving makes it very apparent that maybe this doesn't work the way it used to. There's a certain glue that kept this thing working. You're in a similar place. You're in a certain similar mindset. You had a similar view of existence. You had a similar view of the world, of how both of you were in the world and your roles in the world. And when you are constantly evolving and changing and shifting, it can be very difficult for someone who can sometimes feel like they've been left behind. And, and yeah. I, I've been in both sides of that in my life. I've been on the feeling of being left behind and I've been on the side of, I'm not trying to, but I, I have less and less and less in common with someone that mm-hmm. I used to love so much. And it's the question arises of what do we do? You know what I mean? Like when the very glue that makes us feel so connected starts yeah. to kind of dissipate and there's this kind of feeling of like a void left. And, you know, in my experience, the best thing to do is just have a conversation about it and just be very open and honest to be like, hey, this is, this is how I'm feeling and how are you feeling? How, how does this feel like for you? This is how it feels like to, for me. And how do you see this friendship and relationship operating in the future? Because I want you to be happy too. And, and again, I think a lot of the time we cling on to the memories of how things were. And we're like, oh, it was so great when things were like this. And we're almost always waiting for it to get back to that sometimes. And then sometimes it's the question of like, hey, I know, you know, things were beautiful and we had something beautiful in the past, but I, I don't think that will ever you know, come back because I'm moving forward. And right. I, and again, this only exists for who I used to be. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I feel just with like evolution and change and my Saturn returns and Vedic astrology, it's like a lot of things are happening. And all of this was to say your point about, you know, getting to a point in your life where you're content. Um, I, I'm not fully there yet, but I know I'm going to get there. I, I feel like there's just this this Saturn returns period, I think is going to bring a, up a lot of shadows in me, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, so that I can finally forgive all of these things I've felt and things I've done and things that have been done, not to me, but just relationships I've taken part in and how those relationships have impacted me. And I think this will bring up all of those things, as you said, so I can forgive them so that I can step into my potential with my podcast and my career and the things I'm going to do in the world. Because I feel like in some sense, I'm going to do much more in the world than I'm doing now. I feel mm-hmm. like as things evolve, as my energy expands, I'm going to be able to take on more in the world and be drained less each thing because right now i think where you are vibrationally is like there's a limitation to how much you can give because you know you just give a certain amount and you get drained and as you evolve your capacity to hold energy and maintain energy and maintain your own sense of 
yeah, well-being and energy reserves. And you learn mm-hmm. how to, um, you know, more effectively and efficiently recharge your own batteries. And I think, Absolutely. you know, I think there'll be a time when I am, you know, doing work in South America and, you know, doing my podcast wow. and, yeah. and I think I'll be able, cause I, cause I see myself doing that. I, I don't see mm. myself staying in Canada Beautiful. all the time. I see myself traveling the world and meeting the human beings of the world because I live a very isolated existence right now where I feel like I'm just so focused on myself and evolving and letting go of things that I need to let go of that I don't have as much to give the world as I'd like to. But I know in the future, as I evolve through these things, I'm going to get to a place where I have so much more to give of myself and to be of service with other people that I'm just really excited for like when I'm 35 years old or 40 years old and just, yeah, the beauty I'll I can be able feel to bring. It. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. So forgiveness, to go back to that again, Forgiveness, the word give and gift is so connected. So it's truly a gift you give to yourself to create that freedom in your heart to do everything you want. Because, you know, your heart aches when you don't forgive. You have that bitterness and that's a lower vibration. So when you release that, you will elevate at a higher level in everything you do, not just as a person, but as your career, your spirit everything and that's what will get you to south america and i can set up some contacts for you too Aww. yeah it's 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 my soul family there for sure <laughs> wow. oh, of course i i just i that just clicked with me when you're like i have contacts i'm like that's interesting and it clicked i'm like wait a minute dean is the one who went to the amazon of course, of course yeah. she, she has yeah. all of these amazing things oh. well Wow. But everybody's my family. I've expanded yeah. my family. I truly don't leave anybody out anymore. You know, mm. if they want to leave me out, that's their choice. <laughs> but I will still connect to them through my spirit world and, you know, my mental world. I will think about them and send them good vibes. But if they don't want to spend time with me physically, that's their choice. And I accept that too. Mm. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's even a thing you, I, I think I realized in like astrology and just personalities is like, there was a time in my career when I, this was more like two and a half years ago when the wounds I had from childhood led me, like my vision was I wanted everybody to like me. Like I wanted to be so oh, pure people, and likable. pleaser. where I was like, if I just do a good job of being kind and loving, everybody will like me and that is going to be my destiny. And now I've realized like, just like literally it seems like there's these archetypes, like there's these archetypal personalities. And like, even if you look at um, Zodiac signs, there's the air signs, they all trine, meaning they all have harmonious energy signatures. So Gemini, Libra and Aquarius all of those signs are literally in harmony. They form a, mm-hmm. a, a triangle in the zodiac. All of the mm-hmm. fire signs do the same thing, the earth signs and, and the water signs. And like right there, it kind of like, and then this is interesting too, is every sign has an oppositional sign, which not doesn't mean it's bad. It means no, that- it's gonna teach you lessons though. Exactly, and it's a, it's a sign that values the exact opposite thing in life 
But they're actually, if you can learn to reconcile them, you realize they're actually symbiotic in a way that they actually like, again, life is exact life is all about duality and there is no one way to perceive life and have an experience. And these Mm -hmm. things are these ways. And so when I look at personalities, like there's a time when I thought if I was just the best version of my personality, everybody would like me. And now I realize that if I'm the, if I'm the most, you know, full of full of that personality that I am I'm going to be so magnetic to a certain kind of human being and I will be in some sense so repulsive to another like almost like a battery in some sense I feel like it's not going to be repulsive as in disgusting or judgmental but my very when I am so aligned with my energy signature it is going to just naturally repel just like two two magnets a certain energy signature because I've, I've realized that i'm just like for whatever reason there's certain personalities that just don't gel with mine and even you know right. they're they're good people and i've i've yeah. had podcast meetings with these kinds mm-hmm. of people and i'm like why is this not working why is there like dead energy yeah. why is there just right. there's 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 a lack of resonance and, I, and i've racked uh-huh. my brain of like what is that like am i not am i not good enough am i am i not enough of myself or are they not and i've just realized as i said and like i'm gonna put the light on that one now but do you mind if i turn my light on because it's getting dark here absolutely okay i'll be right back excuse me for a second so regarding that uh the light part you know when you said i'm not good enough what i realized because we're all connected regarding that part um when someone is not happy and you're not their cup of tea, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about what they're lacking. It's about what they're struggling with. And not always lacking. That's probably not the right word. But they're going through their journey. And sometimes it aligns with yours. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. You just have to accept what is, you know. And if it doesn't connect, it's because of, it's not so much about you. It's about them. Mm. Always. I don't take on other people's grief in that way. Being a counselor when I'm online and stuff and helping with people, the bitterness and the anger and the sorrel and everything, they're still suffering. I don't want them to suffer. I don't want anybody to suffer. But Mm. if they want to just stay with the bitterness and knock people down and, you know, just be very angry, that's a lower vibration. So I have to almost like put up my own armor and shield myself from that. A part of it is the Ho'opono prayer, but a part of it is they need to process all of that and let it go so they can connect to love again instead of the anger, which is a lower vibration and fear sometimes. Mm. People break up like I'm working with a man right now that is going through a divorce. Mm. And uh, it's scary. He's been with this woman for a long time and being on his own, he's angry, he's bitter because his, his kingdom have fell apart. But he's got to, you know, go through that process. And if he's tired of suffering and being angry, that's how he's gonna attract love again. People are not gonna be attracted to a bitter old angry man who's gonna be <laughs> talking about his past all the time on someone with love in their heart and mm. not fear because fear is the opposite of love too right absolutely that's how uh, we get our light back 
Hmm. We don't take on other people's stuff. I, I, I have a question from your perspective on this then. Okay. If Dina is the, I don't want to say the best version of yourself, but is the purest energy, like of your personality, like when you are living your personality, your energy, your vibration to its fullest extent, do you think there will be any human? Okay. Let's say we lived in a world where everybody lived their personality to its fullest. Everybody was just fully themselves, <laughs> full of love, a utopia. Do you think there would still be people in the world that you don't resonate with? Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're really good at your questions, Anton. I don't know. But I, my thoughts on it, as I just process that question, because that's an intense one, we're still very unique, you know? But if we all truly believe that we are love and we return to love, we would be getting closer to a utopian society. But obviously, no. <laughs> you, the definition of utopia is like it doesn't exist. Not non-place. Right. But if we keep going in that direction by going towards the light and our darkness through acceptance and cultivating compassion and understanding, then we would get closer to utopia than the world that we live in now where there's so much suffering and there's battles of egos and people are looking for happiness outside of their self instead of inside their self, you know? Because truly, happiness is an inside journey. There's going to be lots of things that are going to elevate that happiness. But you got to be happy inside with yourself and accept everything about you. And I'm not just talking about the physical. I'm talking about the whole journey. Like I said, the suffering in the past of the people that hurt me, they're forgiven. They're mm. so forgiven. I've done my crazy screams. I've done my anger. I've, I've, I've had my cane. I've, you know, I've had all my tears. I've cried a thousand tears. But do I want those tears anymore? No. I want just beautiful, flowing love and energy and peace and joy. Like I said, I want to be a human vibrator. I want to. That's where the utopia is. And if everybody can get to that level and park their eagles, they have a better chance hmm. at create going towards a more utopian world instead of a suffering world. And helping others when we can and being kind and compassion. Hmm. It's all under the umbrella of love, isn't it? Isn't that beautiful, and though? having faith, too, you know? Sorry, I just want to say, like, we all got angels around us. We just got to listen to them. And that's the universe. That's where the angels are. They're in the universe. We just have to listen to them. Mm. Do, you, do you have a, uh, a strong relationship with your spirit guides and your angels and all that? I do. I do. Every single day. Sometimes the lessons, I don't like them. <laughs> you know, I have to accept that it's for my best good. Some of them are really tough lessons. The toughest ones mm. are the ones I go, God, you were right. You were right. So your right is when you park your eagle and you accept that someone else is right as well. And yeah. sometimes you don't even agree, but you have to 
you want the peace part, right? So you have to, yeah, mm. the calm. Because you know, the storms are stormy. The rate, the waves are rough, and when they're rough, there's no mirror. You can't see. But <laughs> yeah. when it's clear and calm, you got a better view, right? Mm. And you do the right thing when you're calm. But when you're angry, you're not going to get the right answers. It's not going to return you to love, which is where most of the answers are, actually. Mm. Love for yourself and other people. Oh, that that is the end of it. So we're now going to go into shameless plug time. So if you could share with myself and the audience what you're currently working on, where we can find you, all of that stuff. Okay. So I have two books published on Amazon. One is The Goddess Compass, and it's basically a trip into my journey. And You just got the short version of it here. I have another book that I wrote. And it's basically affirmations for every day of your life for 365 days. But it's also a book. It's, it's, um, it's colorful, but you can actually write on the book as well on your iPad or your Kindle. Or you can buy it and write right in the book. And it's, it's a, a collection of affirmations that I use every day. Mm. and sometimes they're just miraculous for me so i hope they're miraculous for you i also have a website it's goddesscompass.com goddesscompass.net and that's where i uh, do my my coaching and you can look at a part of my journey there there's also a blog lots of free information uh and i just love what i do my mission in life is to help other people get over their suffering and I feel that every day something happens that I can just go and take it and put it into my business. It's very, it's very difficult to separate a mission when your business is your mission mm. and your business is your life. It truly is. And I don't even want to separate it because it elevates me and it gets that vibration higher. So, And I also offer uh, a free 30-minute call to see if we can work together to help you get over your suffering. And that's free for 30 minutes. And then we can decide where we go from there. And I've had people barter with me if they couldn't <laughs> afford it too. I can't say that's one thing I love, but I really feel hard to, to not help somebody because that's what I'm here for. My heart is the earth, actually. Mm. And, and, and one thing I, I will attest to is I remember when we had our – our intro conversation to like to anyone who's like, I wonder if Dean is the real deal. Like literally, I think like we were supposed to have a 30 minute call and I think it went for like an hour and like, literally you were like coaching me on that. Like meeting, it was supposed to be a meeting call for a podcast. And I told you some stuff and like, you literally like wrote down some notes. You're like, you know what, Anton, this is, this is what I'm seeing. So anyone that doesn't believe that you're the real deal, like you, you're very open hearted and, and just seeing what you've, you know, yeah, just the way how attentively you listen to me. Like I, you know, I'm very empathic. I can feel people's vibrations. And, you know, I know when people see me and when they don't. And I know that whenever I speak to you, I feel like you are peering right into my soul. So you're, I sincerely believe you're very good at what you do. Thank you yeah. so much. It's connection. It's mm. connection in our oneness. It really is. <sighs> nobody oh. should be left out of love mm. nobody should suffer 
I hear you. All right. Well, Dina, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. It was my pleasure, too. Thanks for tuning into the show today, everybody. If you enjoyed it and you want to show your support, be sure to click the subscribe button and share this podcast with someone you feel will enjoy it. And before we go, I want to take another moment to thank our sponsors, Listening to Smile and Indigo Sun. And if you're interested in anything I mentioned regarding either of them, be sure to visit their websites, which are linked in the description of this podcast. And that's it. So I'll see you all in the next episode. I love you. Bye.